Hello, it's 13th of July 2018 and this is episode 72 of Scavenger's Horde, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kirsty. We're here to deliver a regular rundown of Star's news, analysis and commentary, with a focus on the sequel trilogy in the future of the saga. So how has your week in Star Wars been, Kirsty? It's been pretty good because we are finally getting some legit news about Nine. I know, right? It's so exciting. Uh-huh. It's really, really good. Like, it has been the biggest drought. It's like, I'm sorry, Solo. I did enjoy <laughs> you. But again, it's the whole Rogue One situation again, where I just couldn't get super hyped or super excited. Whereas the merest morsel from episode nine, and they're like, give it to me, give it to me. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie and we talked about it, but then it's like, oh, but we know that nine is just about to start. And so much of the discussion and fandom is still focused on the sequel trilogy, so... It's just hard to escape that intensity. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, very intense. <laughs> but people are just so much more emotionally invested in it, aren't they? Because it's an ongoing story. So Yeah, exactly. People want to know what happens next. Yeah, and I think investment and passion are good. Um, and I think we should actually start talking about this very exciting news that has come about. And the first piece of news is a report from Variety that Kerry Russell has reportedly joined the cast of Episode 9, or is at least in talks to join Episode 9, so it's not rock solid yet. Right, and here's the account. Sources tell Variety that the Felicity Ulum is in early talks to join J.J. Abrams' Star Wars Episode 9, which Abrams is writing and directing. Russell and Abrams last collaborated on 2006's Mission Impossible 3, the role calls for action-heavy fight scenes. Russell has shown her ability to perform tough stunts in projects like FX's The Americans, Mission Impossible, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Abrams and Lucasfilm execs met with several actresses for the role in the past two months, and settled on Russell right before the 4th of July holiday. Abrams will likely cast two more actors by the time the film begins production at the end of the month. So how are you excited are you about Kerry Russell joining the cast? Um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm not, like, a particular fan of hers, although I've liked her in things I've seen her in. Mm, what have you seen her in? Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I've seen some of the Americans, so I need to watch more of it, but... Yeah. No, so I was about to say, I've only really seen her in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and that is absolutely not a good, like, showcase on which to judge her because Mm -hmm. she very much plays like a minor supporting character in that role as much as I remember it's like very much like I'm the supporting wife character and I'm here to make you like succeed in everything she is given a bit more than that is not completely thankless but it's not a role that particularly stays with you so yeah I really do want to see something like the Americans because I've heard that's quite complex and that she plays a really interesting part yeah so I'm just interested to learn more about this role. There are tons of theories flying around. Obviously, there's the Ray's mom theory, <laughs> uh, which not a fan of, but no, you know, it's a necessary evil at this point for people to <laughs> point out every woman. Yep, who's announced to be in Star Wars has to be Ray's mom, especially when they're white with brown hair. To be yeah, fair. which is obviously an issue with Star Wars casting because they love to bring those. moving on yes (laughs) Um, or the the other favourite theory seems to be that she could be a Knight of Ren because everyone wants to know what happened to the Knights of Ren even though it's fully possible that JJ won't go anywhere with them (laughs) can you imagine how pissed people would be I think it's a very real possibility 
Like, it, he could do it, but also yeah. if the story doesn't Im- demand anything like that, they could just be left in the past and yeah, not explored further. Let so. the past die. Indeed. Yeah, so how about you, Kirsty? If you could cast this actress in any role, it doesn't matter how plausible it is, how likely or unlikely, what would you put her in? I would like her to be a female villain. Okay, same. Yeah, because that was something that I felt like Phasma didn't really live up to what she could have been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm not so invested in the idea of getting more people on the resistance side of things. So I think we're good there. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, no, it's true. Because right now, the only two really clearly defined characters on the First Order side who are still alive are Hux and Kylo Ren. Mm. so you, there's really spaces to fill on that side of the equation and yeah Phasma was so disappointing and I feel like you get a lot of shade with Kylo Ren there's so much depth and nuance to that character and even someone like Hux who I obviously know can become a bit of a joke character and is very like over the top and silly there is some interesting stuff going on with him you know and Phasma didn't even have as much as that you know she's completely personality free um, and if Kerry Russell is cast as some kind of First Order character, then I would really want to see her given some depth and like some detail to her characterization, because I don't think Gwendolyn Christie ever really got that. Hmm. Weren't there rumours a while back of them casting someone with the code name Mara? Yes. Um, this might be in that category, do you think? I think that's very likely. Um, The report was from That Hashtag Show, which is a site I'm not really familiar with, but it came out, I think, back in April, um, that Lucasfilm were looking for... No, maybe it wasn't April, it was a bit later than that, perhaps May. But anyway, a few months ago, it came out that Lucasfilm were looking for a 40 to 50-year-old woman um, for the new Star Wars film, and that her codename was Mara. And yeah, Kerry Russell's in her early 40s. So she would certainly fit within that age bracket. And yeah, I do think it lends credence to that original report. Um, I don't for a moment think she's playing Mara Jade from the old EU, just because it would be so incredibly redundant to introduce that character at this point. (laughs) It's kind of like, why? Like, with Luke gone, you know, there's just no purpose to it, I can imagine, because as far as I remember, that character was mostly about her relationship with Luke. Um, and obviously it's not like there's even an emperor for her to be the hand to so Mm. yeah one of our listeners on twitter um andrew he suggested that because we know that lando's coming back now and obviously we'll talk about that in a little bit Mm. maybe kerry could be playing kasha his partner from last shot oh wow that would be interesting yeah i don't know if they would go there but it's kind of a fun idea it is a fun idea. I think it would kind of skeeve me out because Kerry Russell is literally half of Billy Dee's age. Yeah, but she would be playing a Twi'lek, so who knows how they age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess I'd have to justify it to myself along those lines. It's like, it's different with Twi'leks. It's different with Twi'leks. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, I guess it would be super nice for Lando if that were the case. So he's yeah. his, like super hot Twi'lek girlfriend. <laughs> And I'd like to see that like half Twi'lek, 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 Twi'lek. I used to totally leave that in just for the lols. I'd like to see like half Twi'lek. Tiddlywink. <laughs> Stop 
it, Kirsty. <laughs> I'd like to see half Twi'lek, um, half human children running around amongst them. Like, just to, like, counter all those, like, complaints that we don't have any, like, next generation characters who, like, who mm-hmm. are offspring of the original heroes. Yeah. Again, I don't think it'll be too long before we find out, or at least we get some more rumours to that effect, because they're going to start filming in, what, like, nine days? So. Oh my god, it's so excited! Yes. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and I also just wanted to say that it's very interesting that they're going to be casting two more actors, because mm. that indicates at least two more notable roles. Do you think that includes Lando? I don't think so, because... <laughs> It's not really like a cast in search, is it, when it's Lando? Because who else are you going to? No, it's not. But if they just heard that there were going to be two more significant parts, Mm. they might have just phrased it differently. Perhaps. I kind of hope not, because I find these sorts of casting excitements very exciting and good for for us to discuss. Yeah, we do need because obviously things didn't end very well for some people in The Last Jedi, so... Yeah, they need to replenish the ranks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of characters in The Last Jedi, so I was expecting them to pare it down a little bit, but it makes sense to introduce a couple more. Yeah, exactly. You've got to restore the balance. So then, as we have touched upon, the next story is that Billy D. Williams is basically all but confirmed to return as Lando for Episode 9. And this is from The Hollywood Reporter. Billy D. Williams is returning to a galaxy far, far away. The actor who famously played the galactic gambler Lando Calrissian will reprise the role for Star Wars Episode Nine, the next Star Wars installment from Lucasfilm. Chatter about Williams joining the production, which is set to begin later this summer, increased in recent days when the actor bowed out of an upcoming sci-fi and pop culture convention, citing a conflict with a movie schedule. Sources confirmed to The Hollywood Reporter that Williams will indeed be returning to the Lucasfilm franchise for the first time since 1983's Return of the Jedi. The Lando Calrissian character made his suave debut in 1980's The Empire Strikes Back. I love that suave debut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do consider this officially confirmed now because Victoria Mahoney, who's second unit director on Nine, tweeted mm. about it. Yeah. So, while we don't have a press release from StarWars.com, I feel like that is pretty close because obviously she wouldn't be saying a voice. Yeah, exactly. This is happening. It's like, yeah, there's just no question now. Um, I feel like we've talked about this a lot already because obviously there have been these previous rumours about Lando coming back. But yeah, how happy are you to just have it officially confirmed like this, Kirsty? I am really happy. Um, I've seen a lot of interesting discussion going on from people who, while they love Lando, they're a mm. bit concerned about the older cast members continuing to overshadow the new characters in the sequel trilogy. Yes. And while I think that is valid, and we've talked about that as like a... I mean, even the creators have talked about that before as a danger for the narrative, right? That Luke Skywalker would overshadow Rey and all in The Force Awakens. Yeah. But we don't have Carrie for Nine. So I think this is a a good way to still bring in those legacy aspects. And um, yeah, I'm happy for Billy Dee because he's expressed interest in being in it before as well. So Yeah, no, same. I think it would be really nice to have this character return. I'm also curious to see like how he's going to be affected by everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Because obviously his best friend has died in Han Solo. Um, we obviously don't know how they're going to handle Leia, whether they kill her off screen or whether they do a recast or whatever. But 
whether those two are reunited physically or whether again we see Lando like remembering her and mourning her I think that kind of thing has the potential to be very powerful if they had like a funeral scene he could turn up then yeah I feel like that would make a lot of sense it would feel very organic because I mean we've talked before about how in The Last Jedi they put out that call and um, Leia says you know use my code Mm. and people like Maz and Lando don't come yeah. So maybe they would address that, but it's also possible that they don't because Star Wars just kind of glosses over things like that sometimes. Yeah. No, definitely. Star Wars isn't the greatest at continuity, especially yeah. with regards to characters and how much they know each other. I mean, if he's on the other side of the galaxy or, you know, off doing his own thing, it's not necessarily feasible that he would be able to come to their aid, so. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Um, Yeah, how big do you reckon Lando's role will be in this movie? Do you reckon it will be like more leaning towards the cameo, or do you think it will be like a proper supporting part? I think it would be a supporting part. Mm. I don't think they would bring him back just for a cameo. No, and I don't think it would be announced like this if it were just a cameo right. either. Yeah, because they didn't announce Frank Oz. Day. No, that that was kept pretty quiet until the last second. So, and that was he was that's still a significant scene in that movie. Yeah. So I'd like to think that he would have some really important moments for the story, um, possibly with the resistance and with uh, Kylo. So yeah, who knows? Because exactly. I was thinking, I know we talked maybe was it last week or the week before when we, I was saying, oh, I'm not actually sure if we would have scenes with Lando and Ben because mm. none of that's been established in the trilogy so far. It's all been the books. Yes. But then I kept thinking about the mall reveal in Solo and how that, I still get people asking me, where is that in the timeline? Because it doesn't make sense to me that he would be alive and how is the Empire there already? This has got to be before the Phantom Menace, right? So mm. it just makes me wonder, would they even care? <laughs> they they might just expect the audience to just go with it. Yeah, no, it's true. And I, I think that something like showing some sort of relationship between Ben and Lando I don't think that'd be so jarring because the audience understands that Kylo Ren slash Ben is the son of Han and Leia and they also understand that Han and Leia were close friends of Lando so Mm. I think it would feel natural that there would be some kind of past relationship there you know I think it would literally just be a question of taking a few lines to establish what what that dynamic was like Mm -hmm. yeah I agree they could do it really well yeah so there's lots lots of rich potential material to explore, basically. And I'm very excited to see what they do with it. Me too. Whew. Um, right. Then the next thing we want to talk about is that the interesting lineup of Star Wars panels at San Diego Comic-Con has been released. And I just want to quickly shout out to Slimo, who did a fantastic job of collating all these. So thank you for, again for your hard work. <laughs> um... Right, do you maybe want to read these out? Uh, Sure. So on the Thursday, July 19th, there's going to be a 10-year anniversary celebration panel for Star Wars The Clone Wars. It says, Executive producer Dave Filoni and panellists look back on 10 years of the Emmy Award-winning series that expanded the Star Wars universe and introduced countless fan-favourite characters to a galaxy far, far away. So he's going to be joined by producer Athena Portillo, composer Kevin Kiner, Mm-hmm. The voice of Ahsoka Tano herself, Ashley Eckstein, and the man who brought Anakin to life, Matt Lanter. Yeah, so I am very intrigued by this panel. Obviously, mm. it makes sense to have an anniversary panel for 10 years, because that is a milestone. 
But I also feel like if it were just to be like, yay, 10 year birthday, woo, this is exciting. I, I feel like there has to be something a bit more. They're really hyping it up, aren't they? I, they are. I mean, we've talked about this. I think we're both kind of of the impression that they're going to announce more Clone Wars. Yeah, I very much have that impression. Like, there's very obvious stuff going on. Like, you have, like, one of the voice actors, I think the guy who voiced the clones in the Clone Wars, um, saying, oh, you can't miss this panel, and that sort of thing. And I mm. think if that if it were literally just going to be everyone going like, yeah, it was a great show, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, it really was. We had such a nice time. I feel like there has to be something new and exciting that's going to come out, and nothing could be more new or exciting than the completion of the series. Mm-hmm. And I think that would also be a really good carrot to try and get people onto that Disney streaming service. Can I think you imagine? so too. Yeah, especially combined with Resistance. I mean, I think Ashley Eckstein, for her universe, has announced a new Clone Wars themed collection and she had a photo the other day on Twitter of them all reunited with the cast. Mm. So it's a lot of stuff going on. And I, yeah. I feel like it, if, you, if you're launching a new collection, it's not just like an anniversary thing. I think it's that it's tying into a new thing that's happening yeah you don't often get new collections for dead properties it's generally because there's something new coming Mm -hmm. i am still hoping for a 20th anniversary panel for the phantom menace at celebration next year (laughs) but we'll see (laughs) i wouldn't bet against that to be honest i think that's very likely get natalie portman there oh my god i'd die yeah same they get padme i will be queuing all night for that one (laughs) yeah like queen queen because the thing is, like, don't get me wrong, I love Hayden, I love Ewan, like, all great guys, good sports, but you really, like, Natalie Portman is just next level, you mm. know? Yeah, and it was amazing to see Aiden at Celebration last year. Yeah. Like, that was really, really exciting. Um, but I think Natalie's always kind of, I don't know, she's been talking about Star Wars a lot more lately, which makes me happy. Yeah, no, she seems much more relaxed about it now. I think she probably felt... I don't know, maybe even a bit embarrassed when she was a younger woman. The prequel movies didn't have the best reception or the best reputation. Yeah, I think now the prequels fans are older and have more of a voice of their own within the fandom. Mm. I think it's being celebrated a lot more. Yeah. So I think maybe the actors would be more forthcoming. Oh, definitely. And I think that the way Natalie Portman talks about the prequels now, you can tell that there's some like pride in it. Like, I remember her posting, like, a screen cap of Padme from Revenge of the Sith, where she's like, oh, this is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. like, using, like, a fictional character that she played Mm -hmm. to make a very serious and very real point about the current political situation. And I don't think she'd do that if she still had, like, a very negative attitude towards the movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to derail the Clone Wars discussion <laughs> the Phantom Menace. We just really like Padme and Padme content. Okay. We do, but you know what? If they have um, Kat Haber as part of that panel, uh, she's not part of this description here, but I can see her being part of that, and that would be cool too, because she's Padme too. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Right. So, then I'll read out about the next one. On Friday, July 20th, we have the Hasbro panel, And this reads, Members of the Hasbro and Lucasfilm teams will discuss the popular Hasbro Star Wars line. Attendees will get an in-depth look at Hasbro's latest action figure offerings. Word on the holonet is there may also be a few surprises. 
Mm. I know neither of us are big like merchandise people. We obviously have Star Wars merchandise, but we're not like, oh my god, this figure's coming out on this date, and I desperately need to own it. That sort of thing. Like, but if there is one figure you could have potentially that does not yet exist, what would it be? I know they have figures for pretty much everything in Star Wars, but just go crazy. Uh, if they put out a Queen Amidala. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they will. So. No, nor do I. <laughs> Sorry to talk about more Padme. I'll tell you one I would really like. I would really like one of Bazine from The Force oh, Awakens. yeah. Just because I think she looks so cool. She does. I hope for more content about Bazine. Yeah, no, she's awesome. Oh, and also Lovey from The Last <gasps> Jedi. Can you oh my imagine God, if that? they had Master Codebreaker and Lovey, yeah, I'd get that. Yeah, that'd be so cool. But what they really need to do is they need to do like a deluxe Barbie set of Lovey in the Master Codebreaker. Like none of this like ugly hard plastic business, like proper Barbies with like threaded hair and like clothes that you can like dress them in. Yep. Screw the Rey and Kylo Forces of Destiny set. I want Master Codebreaker and Lovey. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) OTP. Oh my goodness. I love that that's our level of input here. (laughs) Like, I mean, dolls. um, I think, I can't remember if I've just got the wrong impression here, but I was listening to a a Making Star Wars podcast, maybe not this week, but last week, and they were talking about new Hasbro announcements, and one of them was, like, Rey and Kylo in the snow on The Force Awakens it's like starkiller based stuff again and i was like "Eh, i don't know if i'm that excited about that even though i love those characters if you go for more force awakened stuff shouldn't you have moved on to the last jedi like wouldn't some throne room stuff be cooler yeah actually with rain kylo what i'd really like is um like the hut scene scene. oh my god yes yeah the hut scene like and it could be like a diorama so you'd have like a really detailed hut set and you'd have like the three figures and you so you'd have really angry luke yeah you could have luke popping his head in <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, what are you young people up to Ooh, i don't like this <laughs> um and then you could have like ray and kylo and they would have to have like full articulation because obviously mm-hmm. it's so important that they can like reach out properly to touch each other's hands opening yourself up to the dark side for a pair of pretty eyes I'm so weak. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I'd like it to be like super detailed and I'd like there to be like a fabric shawl that like Ray would be wearing just like in the movie. And I'd like there to be like perspiration on Kylo's face so it's all like screen accurate. Yeah. So I have my priorities straight, guys. Okay. Maybe they'll announce shirtless Kylo Ren. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I would so get that. that I think I'd feel quite creepy it. owning that. Yeah, can you imagine, like, if you were to, like, stumble across, like, Adam Driver and, like, ask him to sign your, oh, like, shirtless no. Kylo Ren figure? People you... would do that. I was about to say, you know people would do it. It's just a thing that would happen because people have no boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there might be a Funko Pop. <laughs> I'm sure there will be merchandise of it at some point. I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Then the next panel. Would you like to read this one, Kirsty? Sure. This is Disney Lucasfilm Publishing, Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Michael Siglin, director, creative, Disney Lucasfilm Publishing, and surprise panelists share previews and exclusive announcements about what should be on your must-read list from Star Wars Publishing. So what are you praying for in terms of the publishing schedule, Kirsty? Uh, more Claudia Gray. Whatever she writes, I would read. Same. 
for me i also want that mythical padme novel yeah you know i have a horrible feeling that the fraun new alliance or whatever it's called is it alliances something like that yeah that one i have a horrible feeling that that is the new padme book that we got rumored a while back Mm. um that's so depressing Especially with that new Barnes & Noble cover that they've released. Uh, the poster. That I love. Obviously, more Padme content is great. But she deserves her own book. This is like the Padme episode. Yeah. No, it really is a love for Padme. And it's like... I'm sorry, but you just can't make me care about Fraun. Yeah. I'm, I might read it because of the Anadala stuff. But... Ugh. Will you wait to hear what other people have to say about that before Probably. Yeah, I'm not going to buy it on release day. Yeah, I think that's wise because if people are like, oh, they're in it for like two pages that you can see on Tumblr, then it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not buying the whole book. I know lots of people love Ron, so I hope people don't feel like we're hating on him and being negative. He's just not our favourite. Yeah, um, no, exactly. I don't take any offence at other people enjoying that character or appreciating that character. That's absolutely fine. It's just, I, I don't find him interesting. So. Yeah, but it, they could have some interesting stuff about Anakin with him. Yeah, that could shed light on his character and what he's going through at that moment. And if there if there is significant stuff about Anakin and Padme's relationship, or I, I there's an excerpt released the other day and I haven't read it yet, but it's something about Padme on a mission of her own. If we yeah. get stuff about Padme on her own, I'm also inclined to read that. So yeah, no, that is really cool. Yeah, were there any other books that were kind of hinted at? <sighs> Not that I remember. I know Although there's we- the solo novelization coming out soon, but I don't know if they'd bother to talk about that. Yeah, I expect they probably would, to be honest, because they're probably just going to use it to hype and promote anything that's upcoming. Like, So they'd probably start with the stuff that's known quantities, and then mm. they'd build up to the more exciting stuff that we don't know about yet. Mm. I really hope that we're going to get some like stuff that leads into Nine in some way. Obviously, I don't mean in a super direct way, but perhaps stuff that happens like early after Episode 8. And just like maybe lays a few seeds, you know, for what might come. That would be exciting to me. Yeah, I suppose then we could start getting a sense of what the time jump could be at a minimum. Yeah. Um, and also, I think at this point we could probably get more of Luke and Ben because mm. they've kind of revealed more of that mystery about what happened with their relationship, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know if we would. That's just me being optimistic. <laughs> I don't see like getting a whole novel on that, even though I would love it, absolutely. But maybe like a short story or something like that. I think that's feasible. Mm. Yeah, let Claudia Gray write it, please. <laughs> yeah, and um, we also had a question related to this, actually, that I thought I should bring up here. And I can't remember who the question is by, I'm sorry, but you'll know when you hear it. Um, and the question was, what would be your like fantasy Star Wars book? So it doesn't matter how like plausible it is. Like, or how much you realistically expect it to be written and put out by Lucasfilm. Like, what would you most like to see from a canon book right now? Um, aside from that Padme novel, mm. probably what I was just talking about, Luke and Ben. Luke and Ben, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I think I'd really like to see something that's set before Ben went to Luke. So I'd like to see something about him when he was either a child or an adolescent. And like to see how his parents struggled with him and see the build-up to the decision where they sent him away. Because mm. I think that could be so powerful and so heartbreaking. Yeah, I wonder if they're ever going to reference the whole him not finding out about Vader until he was like 23 again. Because mm. that was really intriguing and kind of 
fed into a lot of people's theories about what might happen in eight or what would be revealed as part of the flashback and why he turned on the academy and everything yeah um but it hasn't yeah no it proved to be completely irrelevant in yeah the but end. it still seems really important to his relationship with his family because keeping a secret that huge and then finding out about it in such a public way is devastating yeah I think at best that might be referenced in other books and like perhaps in TV series that had come. Yeah. But yeah, I don't realistically see it coming up in the films. I want that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. And yeah, I like that flow. I like when things fit together. Um, Right. And then the final panel we just wanted to bring up is Women of Star Wars. And this is another panel that's on the Friday. For the past 40 years, the Star Wars galaxy has expanded at a remarkable rate. Behind the scenes, creators have worked to round that galaxy out and to maintain cultural relevancy by appealing to new fans from different walks of life. Authors E.K. Johnston, Star Wars Ahsoka, and Zoraida Cordova, from a certain point of view, join writer Nicole Duback, Forces of Destiny, to discuss the impact of a more inclusive Star Wars, from the writers to the actors to, of course, the characters you know and love. I really like the sounds of this panel. If I were going to Comic-Con, this would probably be high in my priority list for attending it. Same. Yeah. It sounds really interesting, and I really like just the prospect of a bunch of women who are involved in the creative side of Star Wars gathering to discuss their thoughts and opinions on the effects that's having and yeah how it's changing the storytelling and like reshaping things yeah and i mean i I think i'll try and watch this panel if it's available um but i would also hope that yes of course the main subject is women but i would hope that it has a discussion that is intersectional as well and they include discussions about women of color and lgbt characters as well yeah definitely because, yeah, we know, like as we alluded to with the Kerry Russell thing, that that's not really a strong point for Star Wars, especially in the films. I do think that the literature is much, much better for representation with like Ray Sloan and Dr. Aphra and those kinds of characters because there is much more variety there. Mm-hmm. But I think in front of the screen, more could absolutely be done. Yeah, you know what? I'd actually like another Ray Sloan book. Mm, what yes. happens when she goes into the unknown regions yes like i'd actually love to see her mentoring the young armitage hux i think that'd be really intriguing because we know there's that dynamic there and there's like how did that develop and come about is it actually a mentor relationship it's kind of alluded to but obviously you know what these books are like with things like that it's not explicitly stated to be so i think what's clear is that she protected him from his father at one point and i think the writer indicated that she protected him with the goal in mind that one day this child will probably be powerful and i want him as an ally Mm. you know it's interesting because i i mean i have to assume that by the time the phasma book came out ray's gone um but Mm they're only talking like very recently there is like what phasma did with brendel yes so he seemed to stick around much longer than her yeah i want to know why like yeah what happened there yeah like but then again didn't the last jedi novelization refer to ray sloan as having been around relatively recently um i think she was positioned as one of the people that people maybe expected to become the leader of the first order but snoke 
somehow against the odds became it. Right, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the story I'd really like to see, how Snoke took control of the First Order. That's another one. Oh, so many books, so many stories. Yeah, maybe they will do the whole Snoke backstory thing now. Yeah, Snoke is Snoke. (laughs) Snoke, the early years. And it would be like the Muppet Babies and you just get this like adorable little munchkin Snoke when he's really tiny. Sympathetic backstory. (laughs) Woobification. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Right, then the next thing we want to talk about is that we have had our first look at Star's Resistance. And this was posted on Twitter. Um, I think the original tweets about it were deleted, probably because they weren't meant to be put out there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's all a little bit cloak and dagger, but once it's on the internet, you can't turn back time, guys. So, yeah, learn before you tweet. Um, Yeah, I think this was probably at some kind of, like, TV conference or something. Do you know any more about where it happened? No, I don't, actually. I don't know anything about how this came about. Yeah, so it was at a thing, and someone took a picture of the like overhead projector behind this dude who was given a presentation on Star Wars Resistance. And there's two pictures. The one on the left is clearly of some First Order dudes. I assume they're dudes, so I'm probably making a lazy assumption, but oh well. Um, yeah, so there's like a black uniformed stormtrooper in the middle, a red uniformed stormtrooper next to them, and then just two white stormtroopers. And then on the other side, you have the new cast. Can you remember the name of the new guy? No. No, nor can I. So <laughs> I know that's bad. Let's just call him the new guy. One day it will come to us naturally, but not right now. Um, the new Ezra. New Ezra, <laughs> yes. So yeah, there is a new guy. As Kirsty has just alluded to very subtly, he looks a great deal like Ezra. I mean, it's hard to tell from this picture. He obviously has a different haircut and colour. <laughs> But yeah, he's a young male protagonist. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it seems that everyone in on the good guy team, and probably the bad guy team as well, to be honest, is male. Really? Like, I think I put, there's a girl next to the green person in the background. But the green person might be a lady. I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. That That's Poe, right, in the back? Yeah, that's Poe with the nice hair. Um, <laughs> So I'd say there's definitely three guys. <laughs> okay. God, this is so shambolic. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I... <laughs> Yeah, I am mostly in the BB-8 right now. <laughs> is that another droid above BB-8? I think so. It, like, it kind of looks like a girl BB-8 that's wearing a bonnet to me. <laughs> this, this is... There's too much going on here and it's we're too far away to see the details. Yeah, exactly. I have my fingers crossed really hard that that's Cardinal in the red armour. Yes. But it's probably not. It's probably just someone else. Yeah, it's probably just another random stormtrooper. Even though I felt like in that book they made a point of him having the red armor to be distinguished, just like Phasma had her silver chrome. So if they do have someone else in red, it kind of undermines that a little bit for me. But yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, I also hope it's Cardinal because I really love that character. Like I was kind of a bit so-so about the Phasma book overall. But all that stuff with Cardinal and... Oh gosh, can you remember what the name of the woman was? Vimaradi. Yeah, Vimaradi. All of the stuff of those two characters was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so basically anything that wasn't about Phasma <laughs> <laughs> was really good. So yeah, I would love to see a return to that character. So I think he's very interesting and he had a lot of good in him. Um, and that made him very interesting and cool. Um, 
Yeah, with the good people, um, it's very hard to say anything about them. Would you say the girl, um, the dark-skinned girl, would you say she looks like a mechanic or something? She wearing kind of like a jumpsuit? She kind of looks like she's in a jumpsuit. Yeah, I, I'm kind of going to guess mechanic, but who knows? And yeah, we know it's Poe. Like, it's interesting to see him in this kind of image, because that indicates to me he might have a bigger role than I was expecting. Because I was kind of thinking it might be special guest star Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. You know, not like series regular Poe mm. Dameron. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, it would be really cool if Oscar's in it to a significant degree. Yeah, like He's exactly. such a huge star. Yeah. I feel like we're getting lots of Poe content, though. Because we also have the Poe comic. So they have filled in a lot of facets of his story, basically. They, they must have many, many stories they want to tell about Poe Dameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a tweet that is about Resistance. The original tweet, again, has been deleted. Um, but this is what I did say. Stars Resistance, Lucasfilm's new animated series, will be broadcast in October on Disney XD. The series has a big focus on humour and action, and BB-8 is heavily featured. So I'm sure you're very happy about BB-8. Oh, I am. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. He's your fave. What if we, we get BB-9E as well? Because that was something that I was quite disappointed about in The Last Jedi, that he or she wasn't in it very much. Yeah. They could be like star-crossed lovers. Yeah, exactly. Humour, action, and romance. Droid <laughs> love. <laughs> love across all boundaries. <laughs> I do like a little bit of romance. They could, have, they could have a little bit of romance in there somewhere. They had it in Rebels, so... Yeah, I'd love it if they did, like, one episode where it's just, like, the musical episode. The only people singing were the droids. Mm-hmm. And because they're droids, they would just be singing in beeps. So it'd be like... Beep, 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 beep. Again, they had singing droids in Rebels. So wow, okay. anything is possible. Okay, cool. Well, then, then I won't let the dream die. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Um, right. I, basically, I need to leave pretty early today. So what I did in lieu of an actual spotlight is I put out a call for listener questions on my Tumblr. And we actually got loads and loads of great questions. So thank you so much to everyone who sent stuff in. I had to be selective um, for several reasons. First of all, we answered quite a few questions in the news section because a lot of them were like, who do you think Kerry Russell's playing? How big do you think Lando's role will be? So I tried to cover a lot of that stuff there. Mm. But I, I picked out some of the more distinct questions to include here. And yeah, there's still more left over. So I'm sure we can spread some of, some of the others out into another show. So yeah. For now, we have an anonymous listener who asked, is there any news on the episode 9 filming locations? And it's funny you should say that, because there kind of is. Like, so, like, yes, we didn't actually talk about Cardington Sheds in the news, did we? I guess it was... (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's worthy news, because what is there to say? Yeah, well, exactly. That's why I left it to here. So basically, the latest thing to be revealed about film on locations for episode 9 is that they're going to go back to a location called Cardington Sheds. And that's, like, I think an old RAF base, so Royal Air Force base, um, that is now mainly used for movies. And it has these huge aircraft hangars, and film productions sometimes use them. 
And um, it was used for Yavin 4 in Rogue One, right? So yeah, people have been speculating that that could be the same thing here. Exactly. And it was also, I think, Yavin 4 in A New Hope. Or at least oh, the right, original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, so it goes back a long, long time. And yeah, so again, like Kirsty mentioned, people are assuming that it means we're going to get Yavin 4 back. But that's not like necessarily the case because basically this is a huge space so it might just be that they need a really really big environment to film in and then they'll be building sets in there and assembling things within that space because it's Star Wars they obviously can't film out in the open they need a covered space that's large enough to accommodate them so yeah like it'll be very interesting and I'm sure people will be watching the location with eagle eyes but I wouldn't count on it necessarily being Yavin 4 what do you think, Kirsty? Oh, I'm the same. It could be, but I kind of want to see more new planets. Yeah, same. And you'd also think that JJ would want to leave that behind as well, to a large extent, because obviously a lot of people loved The Force Awakens, but when it is criticised, it's mostly about, oh, it's too similar to the original trilogy. Obviously, you and I don't think that, but a clear way to like incite those people would be to literally reuse the same locations so you'd think he'd avoid that if possible uh that yeah that is possible but i would kind of hope that he wouldn't be too reactionary and he would just write the story he wanted to write if he wanted to go to yavin 4 yeah that's true go to yavin 4. you do you do you yeah no you're right i take it back <laughs> i mean no, i totally know what you mean because this yeah. fandom is insane and entitled to the end yes. degree but yeah, and to be honest, I don't think he can do anything right because look what Ryan Johnson did. He tried to create a new and unique Too world. Two different. Hashtag not my Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. So you can't win basically with Star Wars fans as a lost cause. So yeah, <laughs> just do what you want, JJ, please. Um, yeah, and then the other things to mention under the locations banner is just that ages ago, Scottish newspapers reported that a new Star Wars movie was going to film in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> um, particularly at a location called Rest and Be Thankful, which I think is kind of like a big valley. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah, so a big, beautiful, scenic valley. Um, and I think the Scottish newspapers reported that it was going to be for a Star Wars spin-off, but because of the timings they reported on, it was quite clearly for episode nine. So that's probably the most solid location filming rumour we have, apart from the Cardington Sheds one. So, yeah, watch this space if you're in Scotland, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the final thing is that there have been lots of rumours floating around about lo- Lake Como in Italy being used for a big American film production. And because Lake Como was used as a location for Attack of the Clones, I think a lot of people's minds jumped to, ooh, we're going to return to Naboo in episode 9. Which, don't get me wrong, I went there. I totally wanted to go there. It's a great imaginary dream space to be in. But apparently since then, new reports have come out indicating that the, the filming that is taking place at Lake Como is actually for a Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> so, decidedly wah, wah. not Star Wars. Yeah, I had a like private little dream headcanon that it would be Ben Solo returning to Grandma's home planet and maybe visiting her grave and learning more about his legacy mm. on that side. I didn't let myself get too attached to it because yeah. <sighs> lots of people don't love Attack of the Clones and I feel like if they tried to go too far with the prequels references again, I know we were just talking about how JJ shouldn't 
appease people, including prequel haters. Yes. But uh, I would be surprised if they really did do that. So. Yeah. yeah. Same. No Naboo. It feels like a bit too much of a pipe dream, to be honest. Very much alas. <laughs> but again, maybe it means that we do get new planets, like we say. So. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what JJ can do with absolute freedom and a very large budget. Because I do think that he'll probably be emboldened by The Last Jedi, to be honest. Obviously, I know it was controversial, but I do think that The Last Jedi was kind of like the gloves coming off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you go for it, boy. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of love for that movie as well. Exactly. And a lot of respect from critics. Yeah. And we know how highly esteemed it was by people at Lucasfilm, so mm-hmm. I think they'd be encouraging a similar creative bend. Not that Force Awakens wasn't creative, it was very creative. Oh yeah, I love Force but, Awakens. Yeah, I think even JJ, to be honest, probably felt a sense of like obligation and like having to do it right and having to be reverent and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be quite unchained now, which is great. JJ Unchained. <laughs> right, then the next one is from Luke Bywalker on Twitter. And he asked, Are there any specific character interactions you're hoping to see in Episode 9? Personally, I hope we get some scenes with Finn and Kylo because we only got a couple in The Force Awakens and the arcs have so many parallels contrasts. That's a really great one, to be honest. I'm definitely hoping for more Finn and Kylo interactions. Yeah, same. I would also really love to see a significant scene between Rey and Rose. Yes, I was literally just going to say <laughs> Sorry. That. You wrote my answer, Kirsty. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would just really love to see Rey interacting more with female characters. And I'm really curious to see what they do with Rose too. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we have the Finn and Rose relationship and we have Rey returning to the Resistance fold. But I want mm-hmm. to see her bond with people beyond just Finn. Yes. Um, And I feel like that could be... A different dynamic between two female characters so yeah no i think that'd be really interesting and because you stole my answer i'm gonna come up with a different answer and that is i'd really like to see an interaction between ray and hux oh yeah i think that might happen you know yeah and i just think there's lots of interest and potential there i think it was first seeded in my mind because donal and daisy were paired up for quite a few interviews and oh things they were the so great tour. together yeah, they were really lovely together. They have a great, like, friendly dynamic. It's really nice. Obviously, it would not be the same between well, Ray no. and Hux. But I was just thinking, like, that in so many ways, like, Ray is the author of Hux's misfortune. Like, even where it's indirect, you know? Like, it's because a lot of it was Ray's actions and Ray's kidnaps setting things into motion, especially in terms of her turning Kylo's head so much, mm-hmm. you know? And if he were to discover that Kylo basically killed Snoke for Ray, for the sake of Ray, then I think that'd be a very interesting confrontation between those two characters. Yeah, I think that's quite possible that we'll get that because... Like you say, I think it's even been established since The Force Awakens that he's all, ooh, don't let your personal interests interfere. And that's exactly yeah. what he did in both movies. Yeah. Um, just focusing too much on Rey. And yeah, Snoke died for that reason. So. Exactly. See Hux he... come up against Kylo's personal interest. I mean, Kylo's told him that Rey killed Snoke. Yeah. So in Hux's mind... Ray is number one enemy with target on her back. Yeah, that's actually really true. Wow. Yeah. So he's after her, basically. Mm-hmm. Kylo's an idiot who doesn't think before he speaks. <laughs> exactly. Bad boy. 
Right. Then we have another anonymous message. Do you guys see Poe as having a foil type? Do you guys see Poe as having a foil type of role in the same sense as Hux will be? Hux and Poe seem both to believe in their causes so much, much more than Kylo believes in the First Order and Ray believes in the Resistance. Again, another really, really good point. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how exactly it will play out, but I do think you kind of have this tier thing where you have Poe and Hux as the true believers, and mm. then you have Kylo and Rey, who are much... They have that real personal conflict. Like, it's very yes. emotional between them, and they both feel like they ever betrayed them. Yeah. But the, the causes for them are different. Um, yeah. And I feel like that could play into the story. Yeah, definitely. And I think it would be a great way to contrast those like larger responsibilities and obligations to this organisation. And then these much smaller, more personal concerns that are about the individuals and how they can clash and how they can interact. So yeah, I, I definitely think you need that there as like a point of contrast. Yeah, because on, on one hand, you can have Hux. He, he's getting his suspicions about Kylo and the girl who killed yes. Snoke. And then you've got Poe, who might be about to find out about the Force Bond, right? Yeah, exactly. And he wouldn't be very happy, because then from that perspective, Rey could be not realising, unintentionally giving away information about the location of the Resistance and all sorts. Yeah. This is just a quick headcanon, but I was thinking I would so love it if in the film they deliberately set up where you're building to Hux and Poe on their respective sides of the equation, both discovering the truth about what went down with Rey and Kylo, mm. and then both acting on that at kind of the same time, and that being this huge like transformative event that then like changes the course for Rey and Kylo. I think that'd be so interesting. Yeah. That's very possible. I've seen that kind of thing play out in a lot of fanfics as well. <laughs> it's why fanfiction's so glorious and mm -hmm. yummy. Nutritious fanfiction. Right. Then the next one we have is from Orsaya. I'm sorry if I'm misbutchering your name. <laughs> Hello, I've often wondered, admittedly with some trepidation because Rose isn't JJ's character, how Rose's journey will play out in episode 9. What do you guys think her arc could possibly involve? And seeing as Finn is a friend to Rey, whereas Poe could turn out a bit antagonistic because of the Force Bond, how might Rose decide to view Rey for herself? And what do you see her interactions with Rey being like? Hmm. It's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I would hope that Rose would end up being some kind of confidant for Rey. Yes. Like you say, if Poe turned out to be antagonistic and angry and, yeah, just very sceptical because of mm. that. Um, I would like to think that Rose would take a more measured approach. Yeah. Which would be hard, but that would be a challenge for her character as well, because she hates the First Order and what it stands for. So Kylo is the supreme leader. Yeah. Um, but I think I would like to think that because she'll have a friendship with Rey at that point, mm. she would be more empathetic. Yeah. And she is the girl who said it's about saving what you love. So I think if she were to see that Rey and Kylo have fallen for each other, then she would understand that that might be the solution to everything and that that might be the right way to go, you know, like allowing that love to go forward rather than going like, no, Rey, you can't possibly do that. So I think that would almost be a bit cliche, you know, oh, I'm warning you off the bad boy girl. Don't worry, it's all good. I think it might also be possible that Ray is trying to convince herself that she doesn't care and Rose somehow sees through that. Mm, 
I'd like that. That she sees what the male characters might not. Yeah. Just have any ideas about how Rose like might serve like in a broader sense in the story, like beyond that like potential friendship with Ray. I guess maybe she'd be like going on missions or like staying at the base or something. It's hard to picture, isn't it? Yeah, this is what I'm a little bit worried about because she did have that arc with Finn in the last yeah. Jedi, and because she isn't JJ's character, I think she might have more of a minor role. Yeah, but I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah, like I do kind of fear that that might happen, to be honest, that it might just be very much like supporting, very much about feeding into the other characters' arcs. But yeah, like you say, hopefully that doesn't happen. So I really do like Kelly and I do think that with enough imagination, there are interesting ways you could take that character. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would understand wanting to keep the focus on like Finn and Ray and Kylo and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, right. Then we have a question from KCSB Star. Very silly one, but I've had a few drinks. <laughs> what hair changes do you predict in episode 9? Or hazard a guess on new animals? Wow. <laughs> I chose hair this discourse. because it was fun. Yeah. Well, I think we all already heavily suspect that Finn is going to get dreads. And going by how John Boyega looks on his social media, he's going to look really hot and really great. Mm, he does look good. Very much. He said before that he was going to grow his hair, right? So, And we yes. know that's 4-9. It's not just a personal thing or for a different role. So, Yeah. Shall I tell you my dream hairstyle for Kylo? What? Bald. <laughs> Bald Oren! <laughs> It would look so beautiful. It would just be the shiny, polished, bald head. <laughs> I don't hate Baldo as much as the people. <laughs> I loved that concept. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I'm glad you only like it as humour. Oh, but it's obviously not going to happen. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that they included it in the book. Yeah, I did have a moment of insecurity when I saw that. Are I was you like, serious? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, it's very brief. I was like, what the f***? <laughs> Apparently, that concept artist just likes to draw Star Wars characters bold. Really? Have they yeah. done other people bold? Yeah, I haven't seen them myself, but that is what I've heard. <laughs> That's so, so funny. you do you, man. Maybe he just finds hair hard to draw. I guess. But, you know, canonically, we know, <laughs> Leia says this in Bloodline, that her son has his hair long to hide his ears, just like Ransom Castafo. So, Aww. he's not about to get rid of it. No, exactly. And also, uh, on a great note, Adam's now filming a new Jim Jarmusch um, zombie movie, which looks awesome. And he is definitely growing out that beautiful Kylo hair. His hair grows pretty fast, it seems like. It really does. It grows so, faster you know, than mine. In it's the like, Last I'm Jedi, so jealous. pretty inconsistent from scene to scene. Sometimes <laughs> it's longer and sometimes it's shorter because obviously they were filming things at different times. Yes. So, whatever. Yeah, it's kind of amusing. I think Ray might have longer hair too. And I think oh, it would yes. be it could be fully down. Yeah. No, that's what I'd really like for Ray actually in terms of like hair goals. I'd like something really long, really feminine, really impractical. I know that sounds counterintuitive. <laughs> but I just want like again like layer like, on Endor. Yeah, like layer on Endor. <laughs> like I just want one scene where she's in formal wear. Okay, one scene. I think it's because in the prequels we literally get 
like three whole movies where Padme is wearing nothing but formal wear. Yeah, we were so spoiled. Even her nightgowns are formal wear. <laughs> okay. When I was like a young teen, there was this website that um was I think a resource for cosplayers, specifically Padme cosplayers, I think, or that did have sections for some of the other characters. And I just had hours of fun scrolling through that website. And I remember in particular obsessing over her nightgowns. Because <laughs> it's like, they're so pretty. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I feel like if we do get some kind of memorial scene, and again, it's totally possible that we don't. Yeah. But I feel like, again, that would be a good opportunity for something like that. Yes, please, please. Obviously, I don't expect anything insanely ostentatious. Because if the idea is that she's like the person who is the force and she's the spiritual one it kind of would make a great deal of sense for her to be all like bling 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 not bling bling but like a nice gown with her hair down yeah exactly yeah so i'm not thinking too unrealistic basically there are parameters to this um do you have any other hair goals kirsty i'm not sure if rose will have bangs this time Mm. i kind of associate bangs with childhood to be honest so i'd kind of like to see them go i do like them they're very distinctively rose but i know that i had well here in england we call it a fringe and i had a fringe until i was like 12 and i've never had a fringe since i've had them on and off so i don't associate them with child quite as much but i get what you're saying yeah um but there are recent pictures of kelly on a friend's instagram and she didn't have bangs which i know she doesn't usually in her real life anyway yeah and they could cut them in very quickly yeah i I think it'd be kind of cool if she looked different yeah no same and i think that if there is going to be a significant time jump which is sort of what we expect at this point then i do think that they'll signal that to us in lots of aesthetic ways so i think we'll see people dressed quite differently i think we'll see people with different hairstyles mm-hmm. all that kind of thing my last hair head cannon or mm-hmm. hair cannon yeah so um and i don't think it'll happen but i would really really love it is if they let oscar isaac have his natural salt and pepper gray hair i think that'd make a lot of sense to be honest me too he's the new figurehead yeah, exactly. If he's meant to be more like a figure of authority. And he is a little bit older than the other Resistance characters. So Yeah. It's in real life, Oscar Isaac's almost 40, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's the oldest of the new cast members, I think. Yeah. So I think it would make a great deal of sense. Like, he, he can obviously play younger. He's a very attractive, like, youngish looking guy. But yeah, just let him own it, guys. Silver Fox Dameron. Hair. Yeah. Silver <laughs> Fox Dameron. It'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, and we have the end of the question, which is about new animals. Yes. I have no clue. I could not have predicted all of the wonderful Last Jedi creatures. Yeah, you see, like, I do like to think of myself as quite an imaginative person, but when it comes to things like this, I sort of draw a blank. Um, I, I guess, like, just pulling out of my ass, maybe like a Star Wars unicorn character. <laughs> <laughs> be like the movie legend where like ray is communion with the animals and there's like a sci-fi unicorn well you know what john boyega has been pictured um riding horses again recently hasn't he oh and my god unicorns i mean i know they did the whole favia thing yes but they could have another kind of creature for that'd be cool uh, yeah unicorns <laughs> or maybe Sorry, like a really like creature unicorns. or something it's hard to know until we get more details on locations because things like the Porgs, it's like, well, they were there because they had the puffins and Ryan yeah. was inspired by the natural landscape of where they were filming. So something like that could happen again. 
Yeah. Can you remember when we were convinced that they were the same bird creatures from the Clone Wars? Well, it wasn't us. It was making Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I meant us as in, like, the collective royal sense of yeah. the entire Star Wars fandom. Because oh. <laughs> it couldn't possibly be anything new. <laughs> no, it has to be something we've seen before. <laughs> anything else is absurd. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I think that's all we've got probably on animals, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm still waiting for my Silver Fox merch. Crystal Fox. <laughs> for a minute, I thought you were talking about Poe. <laughs> <laughs> Silver Foxes and Crystal Foxes. Bring them on. Yeah. Or even better, Poe is together. the Silver Fox. A Silver Fox holding a Crystal Fox. <laughs> and then we have Hux the Red Headed Fox. <laughs> This is turning into some like weird AU fan fiction. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> we need to stop before we start talking about AVO fic. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we hope you enjoyed the show and all our plentiful laughter and amusement. Um, we certainly had fun recording it. So I'm Rachel. You can find me at Styles Nonsense on Tumblr and at Journal of the Star Wars on WordPress. Where can people find you, Kirsty? I'm Bastila Bay on Tumblr, Scavengers Horde on Twitter, and Kirsty of Jakku on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye! Bye!